Hi there, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome back to the Magic Avery podcast, brought to you by MagicAvery.com. In our last episode, our heroes were attacked by two ships. The first belonged to the pirate Vanderalt, who had run Alexander's mother out of business. The second was the Uth Chamber of Commerce ship led by the amazingly incapable leader, the Alderman. The episode ended with Alexander, Zeroth, and Uncle Shameless invading Vanderalt's ship, the Frugal Gullman. Stay updated. Follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Hogan, or follow the podcast, at MOE Podcast. You can also like Magic of Airy on Facebook. Just search for The Magic of Airy. And now, next fantastic episode of The Magic of Airy. Magic of Air, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan, based on the novel The Magic of Air by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. Episode number 26, Battleships. Back on the Uth Chamber of Commerce ship, the battle cry committee was voting on what their battle cry was to be. The committee clerk, a kindly middle-aged woman with square-shaped glasses, was calling for votes. On the matter of crying for us in battle, please say aye or nay. Mr. Alderman? The alderman was sleeping soundly in his seat until he was poked in the ribs with an oar. Ale. Mr. Ralson? Eh, sure. Mrs. Bloom? Boo! Ms. Gently? Pass. Mr. Waterton? Ah, well, um, no. Mr. Appleton? Maybe. The committee clerk sighed as she tallied the votes as best she could. She then prepared for the next vote. On the matter of crying for the alderman in battle, please say aye or nay. Zeroth battled the swarms of gulls that slashed at him with their long, curved swords. They were no match for Gladius. The silver swordfish's blade tongue knocked their swords away with ease, or in most cases, cut their cheaply made swords in two. Alexander the Small had no problems dodging the blows of the much larger gulls, and easily passed through the legs of the tall birdmen. He wielded a heavy mallet that he used to smash their feet or knees. In no time, most of his attackers were either hopping on one foot or trying in vain to move with smashed knees. Uncle Shameless lay in a pile of rubble created by his crashing through the deck of the frugal gullman. He mumbled to himself, trying to get enough of his motor skills under control to stand up. Unfortunately, between the fall and the elder cherry wine, he could barely move. Alexander ran to the large hole. Oi! Was that? Uncle Shameless mumbled as he slowly looked up at Alexander standing on the edge of the hole. Lucy? Get up here, we need you. I can't go, Mom. They uh, stole my shoes. Alexander had been prepared for just such a situation. He reached inside his shorts and pulled out a piece of paper. Just before they had jumped off the griffin, Steve gave Alexander a list of things to say if Uncle Shameless needed a little extra motivation. The little duck unfolded the piece of paper and began to read aloud. Ahem. You know that cowboy movie star you are so fond of? Said Alexander, even though he had no idea what a cowboy nor a movie star were. 
Images of a gritty, statuesque cowboy hero on a movie screen filled Uncle Shameless's mind as he smiled and nodded. Well, these gold guys just said that he likes to wear dresses and that he was a lousy actor. Before Alexander even had time to wonder what a lousy actor was, Uncle Shameless jumped up through the hole in a screaming fit of rage. He landed on the deck with such force that the deck shook and knocked several gulls over. Uncle Seamus ran towards the nearest group of gulls and began throwing superhuman punches. Some of the pirates were knocked back against the deck with each punch, while others were knocked off the ship altogether. Alexander smiled, folded up the piece of paper, and put it back in his pocket. Splendid! He exclaimed as he headed towards Vanderalt. On the Griffin, Steve grew nervous as a group of gulls flew toward the ship. We're gonna have company! The boy yelled as he unenthusiastically reached for his swordfish. We'll be alright just as long as your uncle remembers the plan. Julius the Albatross howled from the helm. He tied a rope around the steering wheel to keep the ship heading straight. (sighs) That's what I was afraid of. A half-dozen gulls swooped down onto the griffin. They ranged in sizes and smells, but they all wore the purple vests that were standard among Vanderalt's crew. The small claws on their feet dug into the deck as they approached Steve with swords drawn. Back on the frugal gullman, Alexander fought his way to the bridge. Duck swung his heavy mallet at approaching foes, knocking them out of his way with grace and practice accuracy. The vile gull captain stood perched on the bridge, barking orders to his remaining crew while trying to keep his ship moving toward the griffin. Alexander crouched down behind a barrel and waited for the best moment to charge his infamous foe. Alexander waited until Vanderalt's face was hidden by his sizable silly hat and charged valiantly. Vanderalt looked up to see the tiny green blur heading in his direction. Without hesitation, Vanderalt produced a small handheld crossbow and fired. The crossbow bolt struck Alexander the Small, causing the tiny duck to collapse lifelessly to the frugal gallman's deck. Vanderalt chuckled his nasally laugh. <laughs> as he tossed aside the spent crossbow and kept steering. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan. Copies of the original novel can be purchased through magicofairy.com and amazon.com. You can also download a PDF of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairy.com for more details. Steve grudgingly squeezed his swordfish, forcing its blade tongue out as he timidly prepared to fight the approaching gulls. The attack party made their way towards Steve. Era moved in front of Steve and held her walking stick in a threatening manner. You'll have to go through me first. A gull with an eye patch shook his white-feathered head. We ain't interested in you, pelican. Just give us the boy. I don't think so. Era taunted as she started spinning her walking stick around, attempting to keep the attackers at bay. The gull with the eye patch smirked and lowered his sword. All right, then. Mooch, take care of them. A large gull with hulking muscles walked from the rear of the group. His barreled chest barely fit in his purple vest, and his short pants strained against the pressure of his muscle-packed legs. He reminded Steve of one of the large Swanton guards he had seen in Duraga. Mooch, smash! The large gull bellowed as he lumbered towards Steve. Each step he took rattled the deck and made it difficult for Steve to stand straight as Mooch's large shadow fell over him and Era. The boy and the pelican looked at each other worriedly, trying to hide their fear. Everyone on the Uth Chamber of Commerce all-purpose utility ship and choir annex enjoyed a ten-minute recess before the committee of which direction to attack from was supposed to begin hearing testimony. 
Gladius's blade tongue flashed in the sun as it cut down gull after gull. After a few more moments, Zeroth would run out of gulls to fight. The power of Gladius amazed even Zeroth, who had used a fair amount of strange weapons in his career as a hunter. Zeroth began to lose himself in the fighting. His attacks became more fluid and dance-like than just mere slaying. As his bloodlust grew, so did his strength and agility. A gull swatted at Zeroth with a top-heavy club. Zeroth leaned so far that he almost bent over backwards, letting the club sail harmlessly over him. Zeroth returned the attack with a spin of his body and flipped over another gull, stabbed Gladius into the deck of the ship, and used the leverage to hit a third gull with a high-powered kick to the beak. The last gull dug into Zeroth's shield with his axe but turned and ran after catching a glimpse of Zero's red-tinted eyes. Before the pirate could get away, Zeroth spun fluidly and ran Gladius through the escaping gull's back. The hunter slowly withdrew the swordfish and started breathing heavily as he looked over all of his defeated foes. Zeroth took several more deep breaths and tried to quell his raging bloodlust. The red faded from his eyes as he gave Gladius a squeeze. So, uh, uh, is stabbing escaping opponents in the back typical of hunters? Zeroth ignored the barbed words of his talking weapon as he glanced over at Uncle Shameless and suddenly remembered their plan. A piercing headache brought Alexander the Small back to his senses. Glug. The duck babbled as he tried to remember the last few moments. Alexander slowly sat up, wincing in pain as he did so. He removed his iron saucepan helmet and inspected it. Embedded in the front of the pan itself was Vanderalt's crossbow bolt. Luckily, the bolt had not penetrated the iron, but the impact had left Alexander with a rather large bump on his head. He tried to pull the bolt free, but could not. With a shrug... Alexander put his makeshift helmet back on. Vanderalt had his back to Alexander. The little duck found his large mallet and dashed at the gull, tackling him to the ship's deck. Alexander stood on Vanderalt's chest with his mallet raised, ready to deliver a mighty blow. This is for my mother. I never touched your mother, pleaded Vanderalt. It was considerably less menacing now that the tables had turned. Of course you never touched her. You just ran her out of business. Who? Alexandria, the not so small after having hatchlings. Don't you remember? Hmm. No, doesn't ring a bell. Where and when was this? Several years ago, near the coast of Tal. answered Alexander. Confused, he began to lower the mallet. Oh yes, that explains it. I've only just transferred to this district recently. It was probably one of the last guys. Excuse me? I'm not the only Vanderalt. I'm just part of the Vanderalt franchise. There are dozens of us all over Aerie. Alexander dropped his mallet in shock. He had spent years planning for revenge against Vanderalt, and now, to find out there was more than one was somewhat of a surprise. You see, in the old days, Vanderalt was just a plain old pirate who fought with other pirates on the rock over treasure and such. But, after attending an entrepreneur seminar, he came up with the idea to incorporate all the other pirates in the one big group. So, he got them all to sail around with identical ships and identically dressed crews. He even gave each of them a stupid hat like this, so everyone would think all of these other ships were the same pirate. Why? Because... He figured it was more profitable and safer to have others do all of the actual pirating for him. He gets the loot and he pays all of us a percentage. Why would any pirate agree to give up their independence to work for Vanderalt? 
The name. It's all in the name. The reputation and the branding. That's why he started up the franchise. Every sailor knows Vandalt. Most surrender their cargo or treasure just after seeing our purple vests. That's why I joined. I wasn't making too much as a pirate named Softy Tender Huggles. No, I suppose not. So that's why you joined, so you could use his name? Yes! It's a strong brand. The best there is on the sea. The pay's pretty good, and there's profit sharing. Although the health benefits could be a bit better. Alexander's hopes of vengeance were crushed. He had been waiting for this moment for years. Now it looked as if he would never find the specific gull responsible for ruining his mother's business. But for good measure, Alexander picked up his mallet and gave the imitation Vanderalt a hard whack on the head. Steve's swordfish rattled in his hands with each of Mooch's heavy steps. Now only a few steps away, the mammoth gull's dark shadow totally blanketed Steve and Era. The frightened boy raised up his weapon, but even though he knew his blue hair and amulet would protect him, Steve was too scared to fight. The boy tried to remember the last few sword fighting lessons Zeroth had given him, when something else distracted him. What's that smell? Steve gasped as his nostrils began to burn after being filled with a foul yet oddly familiar odor. Era hacked and wheezed next to him. I don't know, but it's vile! The gulls began choking on the pungent stench as well. A few were blinded by tears. Even the brutish mooch began to reel about from the foulness of the odor. Steve covered his face as the wind suddenly picked up. He glanced past Mooch to see a ghostly cloud of mist flying above the pixie tree's lookout barrel. Steve tried to run for cover, not only from Arbel, but also from the smell which had grown considerably worse after the morning dove hunter solidified. Arbel stared down at Steve with his cold, black marble eyes as he pulled his massive crossbow off his back and aimed for the boy, all in one quick motion. A sailor turned to inform the aldermen and the Uth Chamber of Commerce that the sea battle was already well underway, and that if they didn't hurry, there wouldn't be anyone to fight. However, because the sailor had not filled out a testimony card prior to the current committee starting, the To Fight Dirty or Not committee, he was not allowed to speak. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan, available at magicofairy.com and through the iTunes Music Store. Just as Arbel's clawed finger reached for the trigger of his crossbow, Hector rang several bells from the bridge of the griffin. Hundreds of pixie people flew out of the pixie tree and swarmed around Arbel, Mooch, and the rest of the gulls. What's that? Mooch asked slowly. No one had time to answer as the gulls and Arbel were engulfed in a huge cloud of blinding light. The gulls tried to run away but could not escape the dense swarm of floating lights. Several even tried flying away, but met with similar results. Arbel swatted at the buzzing lights with his crossbow as he tried to concentrate on his shot. Steve lowered his swordfish and watched the odd scene. The pixie people were not attacking the gulls or Arbel. It looked and sounded like they were trying to make small talk with the intruders. Unfortunately, the pixie people were talking so fast and all at once that it was impossible to make out any words of the stew of vocabulary they were pouring on the intruders. Aggravated, Arbel pulled the trigger on his crossbow. The lethal bolt punched through the bubble of pixie people surrounding the hunter, but missed Steve by only a few inches. The boy breathed a sigh of relief as the bolt buried itself harmlessly into the body of the ship. Steve wasn't certain if Arbel had missed him because of the pixie people or because of his blue hair and amulet, but the boy wasn't going to stand around and give the hunter a second chance. 
Arbel continued swinging his large crossbow at the cloud of pixie people around him, trying in vain to disperse them. His anger, stoked by the chatty pixie people and his failed shot, caused Arbel to hack and wheeze for several moments before turning back into mist and flying away. After Steve and Era found cover on the bridge, Hector rang the bell again, causing the swarms of pixie people to begin flying circles around the remaining gulls. Within seconds, the gulls were encased in a swirling ball of light. Gradually, the ball of light floated into the air and hovered for a moment. Then, in a blink of an eye, the giant ball of light shot towards the frugal gullman, only to stop abruptly and hover above the ship. The pixie people slowed their flying, and the group of gulls crashed to the deck in a pile of white feathers and tacky purple vests. In a streaking blur of light, the pixie people returned to the griffin. Hector rang a different bell, and several dozen pixie people flew down to the cranks that powered the ship. Julius gripped the steering wheel and yelled, Hang on! Alexander joined Zeroth and Uncle Shameless in the middle of the deck as they fought several groups of irritated gulls, including a few that had just crashed onto the deck. The small duck looked up at the much larger Zeroth. It's time! Alexander yelled as he pointed to Uncle Shameless. Zeroth dodged several burly gulls and made his way over to Uncle Shameless. Shameless, it's time! Uncle Shameless turned towards the birdman after banging two gulls' heads together, resulting in a loud thunk. Ah, time for what? The plan. Mmm, what plan? The plan you came up with. Uncle Shameless thought very hard for a few moments. Um, oh, okay, but where are we gonna find a giant banana costume around here? What? No, the plan about this ship. Oh, right. Now, what exactly was that again? Julius steered the griffin so that it was aiming straight at the frugal gullman. By looking at Vanderalt's ship, he could tell that Uncle Shameless had not carried out his part of the plan yet. What is going on over there? What do you mean you don't remember? It was your plan, Zeroth argued as he fought gulls back to back with Uncle Shameless. Uncle Shameless rolled a large barrel like a bowling ball at the group of gulls, knocking them down. I don't remember coming up with any plan, Uncle Shameless explained as he took a sip of elder cherry wine. Back on the griffin, Julius was ready to carry out his part of the plan. The lanky navigator put on a pair of goggles over his eyes as Hector did the same. Julius nodded to Hector, and the penguin gradually began increasing the speed of the ship. Steve watched as the paddle wheels began spinning faster and faster. The griffin began cutting through the water effortlessly as it picked up more speed. The wind blowing in Steve's face made it difficult for him to keep his eyes open. Wind screamed past his ears, drowning out all the other sound, but he could just barely make out Hector yelling for Era and him to take cover. Era motioned for Steve to follow her inside the cabin. The wind howled past the wooden exterior. Julius glanced at Hector and yelled, Ramming speed! Julius hoped Uncle Shameless carried out his part of the plan soon, otherwise this attack was not going to work. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Airy. Make sure to join us again next time. Will Uncle Shameless ever remember his plan? Will Arbel seek revenge on Zeroth? Will Alexander keep getting seasick? Find out in the next thrilling episode of The Magic of Airy. The copyright date of this episode was May 31st, 2010. The Magic of Airy podcast by Daniel J. Hogan and Scary Dice Productions is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States license. This only applies to the podcast and the original novel. Feel free to share this podcast. The Magic of Airy, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. 
This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And as always, thanks for listening.